0: Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron jor We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, Ron and I are joined via Zoom all the way... From the great state of Texas with Dr. Quentin Self. Uh, Quentin serves as senior pastor of Shiloh Terrace Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Uh, if the name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because you've read one of the articles Quentin has written for our center. Uh, you've been with us really from the beginning as one of our regular contributors. Uh, Quentin has written several articles, including Three Wrong Motives for Pursuing Theological Education, The Power of a Preaching Process, and most recently, Preaching After a Rough Week. All of the posts that you've written for us, Quentin, have been excellent, but I wanted to have a conversation today on one of your most recent articles, Preaching After a Rough Week. So because you wrote on Preaching After a Rough Week, I think it's safe to assume uh, you have some experience doing so. Uh, so before we get into any specific questions, do you mind just maybe sharing a time or two when you had to preach after experiencing a, just a rough week?
1: Man, the first one that came to mind when I think this process started kind of, this article, the subject matter started kind of ruminating in my heart. Uh, almost a couple of years ago with our second son, my wife was expecting any day and uh Like late in the night, Saturday night, I was supposed to preach in the contemporary service where I was serving in North Carolina at that time. And uh, we thought she was going to labor, ran to the hospital, called a backup preacher and um, ended up up being a false call, false alarm. And by the time we got out of the hospital, uh, Google Maps it back to the church. And I was like, I can make it and still preach. And so we got there five minutes before the service started, still preach. And so that was kind of an interesting. You know, the week itself wasn't rough, but leading up to it, it was like, wow, let's get ready, make sure and you know, spiritually in the right place to hop up there and preach. Um, the other one was moving out here to Texas in chaos, uh, making a half cross-country move. Uh, we bought a house, needed a little TLC. He uh, needed all new floors, and our carpet got back-ordered. And so for weeks after weeks, we had spike strips and carpet padding and couldn't fully unpack our house. And so it kind of felt like a split personality. Like my personal life felt like it was just upside down, completely out of order. And then you have to step up there on Sunday, you know, dressed up and ready to go. And so just learning in those weeks, whenever my personal life was just crazy, chaotic, managing the emotions of leaving friends and then still having to prep a sermon to feed God's people and be that new pastor. Um, and so, th- those are probably the two that stick out—the two situations that stick out the most to me uh, in recent history.
0: Major, do you have any any stories about preaching uh, <laughs> after a rough week? I'm oh, sure you've oh got boy. got plenty.
2: Yeah, we've had plenty of times. I remember there was one uh, week where we had gone on vacation, and we were planning on coming back on Saturday, and I was going to preach on Sunday. And on the way back from it was out of state and everything on the way back, we were actually uh, uh, in New Jersey heading back to to Maryland. And as we were going through in New Jersey, uh, we uh, had a flat um, blue attire on the on the highway. And this is Saturday night. (laughs) And and I'm thinking, okay, this is new. Um, And so we pull over and everything and we're, you know, uh, you know, put on the the donut and everything so we could we could be able to get home. And, you know, the whole time I'm just thinking uh, this was supposed to be the time where I would, you know, get home, take the time to, you know, to regroup and everything. The little bit of time that I have on Saturday night, you know, as I'm getting into Sunday and and all of that, it wound up being much longer than that an hours, you know, uh, a few hours added to the process. We get home. I'm tired out of my mind. Uh, You know, it was well after midnight that we finally got home and and, and everything. And then you wake up and all right, let's roll. Uh, Obviously, you've had we've had other weeks um, where I had multiple hospital visits and, you know, weeks where uh, you know, I'm, uh, uh, just doing a lot of the, the other tasks of pastoring and, and it's, it takes up a whole lot of your time, you know, a, a whole lot of the day. And, and all of a sudden sermon prep is happening either really, really early in the morning or really, really late at night, uh, so that I can make time for, uh, for all of the other things that were going on in the, in the week. And yeah. And you feel it on Sunday or you just go, what was that? <laughs> what, what on earth was that? Um, but, you know, you do what you got to do and, and, and try to serve the Lord along the way. Um, for, for you, Quentin, um, what did you learn from preaching after, after weeks like that? You know, what, what did you learn? Uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're getting pushed around, obviously, you know, from task to task or emergency to emergency and so on. What are some lessons that you learned in that?
1: Yeah, i say the biggest lesson is that, you know, God wants us to be prepared, obviously. I mean, we have to study, we have to do the work of rightly interpreting. Um, but I think he graciously taught me the difference of being prepared and being polished. Mm-hmm. And while being polished, as in like having, feel like you're really prepared, ready to go, like you're able to go through the manuscript multiple times, really condense it down well, and you feel confident in the work you've done. Uh, that's that's great and that's an ideal but it doesn't necessarily mean that if that can't happen on a week where ministry hits or you know recently had a week where i mean almost two whole days got blocked, blocked up blocked up with people who were concerned about something you know some rumors going on and my sermon prep was rough and I, I didn't feel polished and it for a while it sent me into like crisis mode until i realized no i'm i'm prepared i've done the work like i can rest easy if i've spent time with the text and I'm faithful to the text and I'm spiritually ready in my heart, even if I don't feel polished and God reminds me in those weeks, like where his true power comes from. It's not from me being, not from me being like completely ready and feeling good, but his presence, his provision. Mm-hmm. And that comes through the word and being spiritually right. So, so that's the biggest thing, the difference between those two things.
2: Yeah. I know uh, for many pastors uh, like myself, we're creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the week is a routine, you know, yeah. there. What, especially when it comes to the the sermon prep process, you know, I want my Monday to work a certain way. I want to work on you know certain things on Tuesday, work on certain things on Wednesday, so that by the time we get to Sunday, I'm ready. And well, you know, God doesn't entirely care. <laughs> about that you know i mean things will happen and things will upend and so on and and it's in those moments that we have to ask ourselves am i trusting if if i could borrow something from the philadelphia 76ers do do i trust am i trusting the process you know or am i trusting the lord you know so is the lord going to be the one to uh to to uh, put his word into my heart and 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 into my mouth you know so that I'm speaking and explaining the scriptures well or am I, you know, going to uh, just go, well, you know, this is my plan and this is my week and this is the way that it happens. And, and you know, if I don't do it that way, then it's not going to be a good message. Um, are we trusting God, you know, to uh, uh, to speak through us?
0: I'm just wondering how long you've been sitting on a 76ers reference that you've been waiting to sneak into this episode. <laughs> that seemed really, really, yeah. like you were just ready to pounce on that.
2: Yeah, and seeing that the team is about to fall to pieces, I've maybe been sitting too long on <laughs> <laughs> so, so Quentin,
0: pastors obviously can't avoid having a rough week entirely, right? I mean, there are going to be weeks when unexpected circumstances come, whether it's it's losing a church member, uh getting sick, or just dealing with repeated criticisms, pastors will experience rough weeks in ministry. It's unavoidable. So my next question isn't isn't how can pastors avoid rough weeks? But how can they set themselves up to be better prepared when the rough weeks come?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thinking that there's never gonna be a rough week, you're setting yourself up for a heartbreak. So we gotta be ready. So um three things, you know, that I'd say have helped me is uh work ahead whenever you can, stay close to Jesus and be flexible. Uh, working ahead when you can, like when Kind of like you got to make hay while the sun is shining, fix the roof when it's not raining. All those adages is tr- are true. If you can work ahead with next to Jesus, it's kind of like an emergency fund in a budget. Like it's there. You build an emergency fund in your family's budget, not because you're never going to use it, but because you are going to use it. And like the flat tire or like the transmission goes out or doctor bills, you pay it and then you replenish the emergency fund and you don't let it get down to nothing. Mm. And so I think whenever there is time, work ahead, work ahead as far as you can. And that's been so helpful for when those weeks come and be like, okay, I, I lost five, six hours that I would have liked to have had, but it's okay. I've got that in the bank kind of, um, staying close to Jesus. And that's just, it seems so obvious, but it never, never can be said enough. It's just keeping our cup full of Christ so that when life jostles us, Jesus comes out and he preaches, preaching. What I felt is it, it when I'm not abiding as closely as I should, preaching is a forced, like, putting on a, an appearance. Mm. And, man, that's like, that's, like, acid to your soul when a rough week comes. When you get shaken and what comes out is more flesh than Christ, and then you got to stand up and preach, it is just like a snowball effect on, like, my joy and my contentment. And so staying close to Christ, being pre- prepared for that rough week on a personal, spiritual level, and then being flexible and just understanding what is a must for preaching and what is a blessing to have like a normal week when you can go through that whole process when monday is protected and for sermon prep and then you got the manuscript done like that's good but being flexible and saying like okay this is a must this is what i've got to stay up at night and sacrifice sleep for and then this is what i'm willing to stop right here because you know Sleep is going to be more valuable, and I've done the work to be faithful. And so, a simper, simper gumby, you know, simper fidelis is the Marine motto. Simper gumby, uh, always flexible, has to be uh, the pastor's motto. Mm.
0: So, no, that's helpful. Anything you would add to that?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I've, that I've learned being in, you know, those, those situations uh, is that many times there are things that God will, will throw at me during the week to prep me for, you know, the, the Sunday message. Uh, in other words, the, the, the rough week is a part of the sermon prep. Uh, you know, uh, it's not just what I'm doing when I've got the scriptures in front of me and I'm working my way through, you know, whether it be translating or outlining or, or, or whatever. That, that's sermon prep. But also what's going on through the week is my sermon prep as well. Um, th- you know, the hospital visits are shaping my heart. You know uh you know to love God's people, to love the flock, uh so that when I stand up and I bring forth his word you know i'm I'm thinking about the those who are shut in, I'm thinking about those who are who are in the hospital bed, you know, and so on, and I'm thinking, how can I feed uh God's people, how can I feed the sheep uh in in such a way to prepare them for the reality that they are going to stand before the Lord, some sooner than later. Uh, you know, are they ready to stand before the Lord? You know, how do I uh, 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 pray for them uh, in, in such a way that 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 I'm carrying their burdens, if you will, before the Lord? You know, interceding on their behalf. You know, uh, and 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 all of that. All of that is shaping me uh, as a shepherd, uh, so that when I'm preaching, I'm not just. You know, it's not DoorDash, you know, or something like that, yeah. where I'm just dropping off the meal and and rolling out, but but rather, you know, I'm I'm here, you know, caring for the flock. I love these people, and I really really want them to walk in a manner worthy of of, of the Lord. And we're all walking. This road together, um, so yeah, those rough weeks, those circumstances, and so on. Uh, one, they provide incredible amounts of illustrations, um, and two, <laughs> and two, they they shape my heart so that um, I am uh, uh, approaching the uh, the sermon as a shepherd, um, uh, caring for God's people, uh, because I've been doing that work all through the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's,
1: so, that's so true. There, there's a time, like we said that we were coming back from uh, the beach this summer on a Friday night and I was going to preach a sermon on patient and that (laughs) trip, there were so many delays. Like there were like seven or eight hours of delays. The last one being sitting an hour and a half with cars on fire in front of us where we had to completely take like an hour and a half detour. And I was, and that's how I opened the sermon
0: because I had to live the message like patience. I really do love that that the the rough week is a part of the sermon prep process.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we mentioned this a few minutes ago that uh, you know you go through a rough week and you you feel like you really haven't done a lot of uh, you haven't had a lot of time you know to invest at least not the normal routine time, and and, and you get there on Sunday and and you preach and. And as soon as it's over, you're just going, "What in the world did I just do?" You know, what was that? Uh, on a regular week, we're asking that question. You know, did I yeah. did I do, um, you know, what I was supposed to do? Did I represent Jesus well? Was I faithful to the text? You know, and so on. And and if we have certain apprehensions, you know, and anxieties about that on a regular week, how much more it is on a on a week yeah. where you know we just seem like everything was thrown at us. Um, how can pastors ensure that the preaching event doesn't add on to the difficulties and the anxieties and so on that they're experiencing?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hardest things. I mean, I think, I know me personally, and I think pastors in general, we're, we're self-critical because it's so much for lives feels like it's in a fishbowl, especially that lonely place of standing before everybody. So it is a dangerous place. Um, one rough week involved a a guy coming in you know and just a lot of personal attack that I mean I I received criticism I like criticism but it was just one of those where down to like what I'm wearing that kind of stuff and to the point where I had like a near panic attack that next Sunday picking an outfit Mm. Um, and so those weeks are especially vulnerable to just that criticism being like a magnifying glass Mm. just amplified more so and so what I've had to do is make sure that like before I go home or I get in my car where I've got that stillness of thought, like on that rough week, spending some time like, in my office before I leave and just praying in that that stillness kind of prayer, just like preaching the gospel to myself. Like, my worth is not in my performance, so to speak. My worth is not in what I did or didn't do. My worth is in the gospel, Even if I feel like a failure preaching the gospel this morning, my worth is in Christ. Um, Another thing I've had to do, I love, I don't love it, but it's become a discipline where I listen to at least part of and watch at least part of the sermon sometime within a couple of days, just so I can pick up on things I'm doing, make sure I'm not having filler words. On a rough week, I may even give myself a mulligan, like don't watch it or at least give me a few days to where my heart's in a better place. Mm. And so those two things: praying, and then just being a little less critical than I would be of myself.
0: Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about those the preaching process and 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 how it's affected by the rough weeks that that come. Uh, and you mentioned flexibility is a must. So, what pointers would you give to guys you know, as they're as they're planning their sermon, they're experiencing a what rough week uh, that can maybe help them be more flexible and mindful of what they need to be doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something just super practical has been a change of context for me. Um, on a rough week, it seems like you just, your mind just being pinged with just thoughts that are distracted. And so um, definitely maybe spend some more time out of the office in different contexts, doing prep on those rough weeks has helped me just change a pace, go to a coffee shop, do something different. Um, I think on those weeks too, knowing you know, every step of your preaching process if you have one is important and it's hard to be like how do I they're all my favorite like they're all my favorite how do I cut one step out or not cut them out but minimize I think knowing which parts make the biggest difference and so weeks when the sermon prep time has just by default been minimized because of those challenges um, the weeks when I have like tried to skimp on the outlining portion and rush through that it ends up taking more time and the sermon ends up being just scatterbrained, and so I think knowing, like for me, I can't skimp jesus I've got to know what the text is saying and what God wants that to be said and to be done through His text, and then making sure I don't, I'm not hurried in developing that that flow of thought, that that structure. And I, I gotta take time to my even if I've lost five, six, ten hours in a week, I've got to take the time to make sure that is crisp and polished. Because even if I don't have time to fill in the blanks with a full manuscript. I've got a flow and I'm going to serve the people well to lead them through a logically pleasing, a logically like sensible sermon. And so knowing which, which, which parts of the process can be skimped on, so to speak, and which ones can't, I think is a good, I think it's really helpful for me.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Good, good advice there. So who are some people that you turn to uh, when Mm -hmm. you're experiencing a difficult week? Um, and 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 why why what is it about them that uh that encourages you
1: yeah you know back in still have um god bless us back in north carolina with just some people who are me lifelong friends lifelong link and so there's two guys i started on staff with uh at green street back in high point and um, i turned to one of them he's like a father figure he's uh, on staff he's their uh the student pastor now um he's kind of like my parents age um and he's just he's so full of wisdom, his walk with the Lord. He is selfless, humble. He gives perspective. He grants me freedom to acknowledge the rough week for what it is. He's a pretty blunt person, and I love that. And he's like, Yeah, Quentin, this really stinks, and it's okay. And so, just having that person that allows me to be me, um, served on staff him was just so sweet because there was just no, there was. I don't know, there's authenticity. And so being able to go to somebody who I can just be myself with, that's out of out of this immediate context as well. Um, the other person is the pastor I served with. He's like an older brother. Um, he's been through the same stuff. He's been in a senior pastoral since he was 19 years old. And we're great friends. And so we can laugh, like you don't want to make life of things. You just want to honor, we always are honoring to God's people. But he helps like pull my head like back from the immediacy uh, and the pain of situation to be like, dude, this is normal. It's okay. We can laugh. And he helps me not feel alone because he's like, hey, let me tell you a story that I went through. And um, those two guys, like a father figure and a brother figure um, from a past season of life that are in a different context is just super helpful.
0: Mm. And praise God, uh, for, praise God for those individuals that you have in your life um, that, that all of us have in our lives that we can turn to when we're experiencing mm-hmm. just rough weeks or doubts but praise God for, for just those little encouragements. I remember uh, one time I was serving as youth pastor at a church, and uh, my pastor called me and said a day, a day before, or night before, and he said, I'm sick. I can't preach tomorrow. You're up. Mm-hmm. And I remember, man, just like, you, you got to do it. Uh, you got to do it. And I remember getting up and preaching, and the whole time my eyes were, coming back to this one guy in the congregation and he just had this look on his face and it was one of those sermons too where my mouth just kept getting dry i mean the da- like you're thinking and preaching at the same time mm. and you're just yeah. overwhelmed you're just like i just lord just let me get to the end let me conclude this let me be done with this yeah. and my eyes just kept getting back to this guy and i'm just like am i doing something wrong am i saying something mm. wrong all of these thoughts. And I remember after I was done preaching, which praise the Lord, I was able to do, um, this was the first person that came up to me and said, Brother, that was that was such an encouragement to me. Hmm. And then, at that point it was just like, What was I even worried about? You know? Uh yeah, and so just you yeah. know, praise God that there are, there are people in our lives that we that we can turn to and then praise God for those little tiny encouragements um mm. that come after after preaching or after experiencing a rough week. So let's talk about your article. Uh, in your article, which if, you, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't read that, I, I, I encourage you to do so. It is very helpful. But in your article, you provide six points for helping pastors who are either experiencing or have experienced what we are talking about. Uh, and one of my favorite points uh, was when you said that pastors need to let the weak weaken them. Uh, explain what you meant by that. To those that, that maybe haven't read the article, and and how did you come up with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally had uh, five points, and was just was first five points written, and have been advising and working on at like a concluding thought to wrap it all up, and just processing through. Okay, what's what's God's vision of a rough week, and realizing that. The way I view a rough week, the way God views a rough week, so oftentimes are on so different levels because I view it as a complete waste, as something that shouldn't happen, as something that is out of control. But then (laughs) look at the New Testament and really the way that Christ sanctifies people and works, like it's always death to life. It's always weakness to strength. And uh, the one thing that God's been working my heart over this, this journey of falling call to Texas and, um, you know, leaving family and friends and processing through family and just, just being weakened in a lot of ways by being in a place that's outside my comfort zone. Um, God's been showing me that in my mind, I've always, I've assumed that the way he would grow me was from strength to strength. Like I get strong, I get stronger. You know, I, handle this task okay cool i show myself faithful then i'm going to be handed a bigger task and he's just been erecting me on that lately that he doesn't the, the christ's way of bringing us to his likeness is from from death to life mm-hmm. and so you got i mean all over scriptures you know i mean where paul in second corinthians 12 has that thorn in the flesh and he pleads with Christ, like, take this from me, like, take this ongoing rough week, whatever the thorn in the flesh was, you know, a messenger of Satan, he says, that harasses him. And, uh, and he says, I pleaded with the Lord, but Christ said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. In my life, I've assumed wrongfully so that I could break that principle like no Jesus your power doesn't have to be perfected through weakness your power can be perfected through my strength and when you see it through that paradigm like that is Jesus saying like in Paul's Paul's application he says for the sake of Christ then I'm content I'm content with weaknesses insults hardships persecutions calamities I'm content with rough weeks being annoying why because based on what Christ told me when I'm weak then I'm strong and so instead of fighting, it's like we're not going to be like, you know, clicking our heels together, like, yay, another rough week. Like, that's not what the gospel does. The gospel allows us to acknowledge grief and pain and hardship for what it is. Mm. But it also allows us to see, like, no, this is something that has already passed through the hands of a loving father. Mm. That is going to be for my good, for his glory. No rough weeks, trials, they're not part of God's original or his ultimate design. Like there's going to be a day when rough weeks stop, like glory to Jesus. But in the meantime, God is so good and so powerful that all the rough weeks, he is working them to ultimately make us stronger with the strength he wants to give us. And that includes preaching from position of weakness, like true power can come through the weakness of a rough week.
0: And I thought your final point connected to your first point so well, which is Mm -hmm. instructing pastors, come to Jesus.
1: Mm Yeah. Man, (laughs) so many times like when a rough week, what Satan wants to do is get trapped in our own heads, and we'll go everywhere but Jesus, it seems like. You know, it's so counterintuitive the way that we handle like in my when rough weeks happen if it comes in the form of like ministerial hardship like somebody being negative or i'll i'll talk to my steering wheel like i'll talk to my steering wheel but i won't talk to jesus <laughs> right <laughs> you know? um if it's family distresses of a family like i'll you know, well, my wife and I will talk about our kids, like, just like, well, how would do we do? I almost get at our wits, end. And I think Jesus is just, like, sitting there, like, waiting on us to come to him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that beautiful invitation that is always there, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest, and just, I, yeah, I need to hear that reminder every day, pastors, especially when we feel like we're just Treading water, we gotta hear that invitation and you just to come to Jesus. It's beautifully Mm -hmm. simple. Like, he's not about. It's not overcoming a rough week. It's not about finding the right process, the right silver bullet, like finding this thing that's gonna make the week better. Like, the Christian life is about a person, Mm -hmm. a living person, living his life through us and coming to him.
0: Right. Yeah. We we just had a conversation with with Evan Marbury, and I'm gonna butcher this quote but uh, he said something in in the uh the episode that was really insightful he said pastors often preach the gospel better than they live it
1: mm. mm-hmm. and i
0: think that's true
1: mm-hmm. Man, so true um yeah there is a particularly like rough season in my life my early 20s just some loss trauma kind of stuff um you know just and uh i medicated with seminary M Div, and then whenever seminary wasn't there, I realized I was in a bad shape mentally and emotionally. And um, there's a counselor that was so helpful. He's um, a Presbyterian brother, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, so, uh, but he um, he looked at me and told me, and he said, "Quentin, you believe the gospel, don't you?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "We don't act like it." Wow. And he said, "Your your practical theology doesn't match your formal theology. Like, mm-hmm. man, you got to learn to live. Like, the gospel's true." And um, that's just stuck with me. So, yeah, Ed Marbury's is so true. Like, I, we're so much better at preaching the gospel and we are living it so often. Hmm.
2: So how—let's let, just say that there are some folks who are listening who, who are going through it, or either they, they've come through it, <laughs> either, either way. Either yeah. they've come through it or they're going through it right now, uh, and, and they're just in a rough patch. Uh, how would you encourage them? Uh, not just uh, personally, but also as preachers, um, how would you encourage them uh, uh, in in this season?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, and probably just steal some words from uh, from Paul in Second Timothy uh, chapter three, and as they read that whole chapter, read the whole letter. It's a beautiful letter written from a guy having a really Rough week in prison, writing to a guy having a rough week in ministry. In chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, Timothy, understand this in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. And I think I'd want to encourage them with those words just to normalize it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a surprise to God, this is not out of the norm, even if it feels like a surprise or something that shouldn't be. you know, in a sense like ministry is warfare we're, we're fighting a spiritual battle on so many levels and jesus says in the world you will have tribulation but take heart for i've overcome the world and it's encouragement with that like no this is not fun it's not the way things are supposed to be um, but it's nothing unexpected and god's grace is far more than sufficient for this moment and come to jesus um I didn't even say if if anybody listening needs a uh, just an ear to listen to, email Shiloh Terrace, pastor at stbc.org. dot org, and man, I'll have as many phone conversations as I need to have just to be an ear to listen to somebody disconnect, somebody just out of their context, just to vent, and they need to yell at me over the phone. That is so cool too, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to be there because sometimes you just need a brother to to hold hold your arms up for a little while, and uh, so yeah.
2: That's good. That's really
0: good. Well, that will do it. I do want to encourage anyone who hasn't read any of Quentin's articles to go to our website, find his author profile, and look through some of them. You've written some really encouraging uh, blogs and articles for us, and we, we want to thank you for joining the conversation today, brother.
1: Man, thank y'all so much. Super honored, super humble to be here, and grateful for the work y'all are doing is serving so many people. Love Southeastern. Uh, I don't I'm very biased to that seminary. Um, and there's great seminaries all throughout our convention, but man, Southeastern is a very special place. <laughs> and uh, they're blessed to have both you, Brandon, and you, Ron Shore, serving on that faculty there. So thank you guys. Thanks I very much. I appreciate it.
0: And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with our conversation.
2: And as always, my brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.